Give the Lord praise this morning. Amen. Would you stand with me just one more time? Just going to read just a couple of verses. This morning I want to speak to you briefly about the subject of blessing and cursing. Generational curses, generational blessings. Can somebody say amen? I'll be speaking to those who may not as of yet know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And I'll be speaking to Christians who are struggling and wondering why they just can't never get ahead. Just seemingly can't ever be happy. There's always something pulling them down. Generational curses and generational blessings. The words that I'm going to speak this morning out of the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, verses 19 and 20, were spoken by Moses as he was ready to depart. And so the words that he speaks are very, very important, summing up a lifetime service to God. Well, let's say some of it he was running from God, but his latter years he spent a lot of time serving God. And he said this to the children that were soon to ready themselves to cross over into Jordan. Some of them would not. Only two of them of the original, Joshua and Caleb. But in verse 19 of Deuteronomy 30, he makes a very important statement. And he calls upon heaven and earth. Two inanimate objects to be a witness to what he's about to say. That's like today we would say, listen up, I'm only going to say it once. You need to hear it, so get it right. He says in verse 19, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mightest cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of thy day that thou mayest dwell in the land which thou, the Lord, swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. And just to reiterate in verse 19, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Father, I ask you today, Lord God, to touch each and every one in your house today. We have gathered here, Lord, not, not by happenstance, Lord, not, not just by chance, but you have appointed this day for me to speak, for those who are here to be here at this hour to hear what you have to say. Father, you selected it. You prepared our minds, our hearts, our length of days. You have given us the education, the understanding 
Most importantly, Lord, you have given us your word and your great salvation. I pray today, God, that you would touch each and every one of us in this house today. And may we take from this, oh Lord my God, how important it is to choose life and blessing. And everyone in God's house said, Amen and amen. Turn to your neighbor, shake their hands, and tell them, choose life and blessing. Amen. If you care to, you may be seated, or you can stand right along with me for the next so many minutes. It's certainly good to be in the house of the Lord. And I feel the presence of God here today. Is there such thing as a curse upon people? Is there such a thing as a curse that comes from God? Is there such a thing as a curse that is brought upon yourself? Is there such a thing as a curse that a nation brings upon itself? I will prove to you in Scripture that without a doubt, every one of those statements can be answered in the affirmative. There is a curse that comes from God. When Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, they were able to do anything that they wanted to do. Absolutely anything. They were running stark naked through the garden. They were enjoying every tree, every fruit, every activity. But there was only one tree they were to stay away from. And guess where they gravitated to? To the one tree that they were not to touch nor to even probably look upon it, get close to it. But that's what they were drawn to. You tell your children to keep their hand out of the cookie jar and it becomes a mission. It's a mission. They're going to do it. You tell yourself, I'm not going to have any carbs today. And guess what? You drive by McDonald's, you drive by Dairy Queen, you drive by the number 31, and you find yourself in there, I can't help myself. Man just seems to be predisposed to being weak. But there is an answer to your weakness. I'm getting a little head, but let me preach. I'm the preacher today. There's an answer to any curse. There's an answer to any predisposition. There's an answer to any problem that you have in your life today. And that answer, brother, is the Lord Jesus Christ and Him crucified but living alive and well in your heart. Can you say amen today? So with Adam and Eve, Eve finds herself just finds herself by this tree. I'm sure it had a special place in the garden, but she gravitated there, and there had been a serpent that had been accustomed to gathering with her there 
While she beheld the tree, and he was just taking notes. Well, she comes here every day about 1 o'clock, and she just takes a look. She's by herself. I'll have her all alone. And if you don't think animals can talk, there was a donkey that talked. I believe it was in the book of Judges. But he talked. In fact, he preached a little sermon. It was so that in that particular day and time that it was not uncommon for this serpent to speak because if you read in Genesis chapter 3, she was not startled at all that this serpent could speak. And if part of the problem after it was all said and done that this snake would have to crawl on the ground, this snake was probably an upright creature. And the snake talked. Well, it just wasn't an ordinary snake. He was embodied by Lucifer himself. He had come on a mission. He had staked out what he felt was his territory, and he began his evil ministry upon Eve. Caught her alone. Some would say, well, the woman's the weaker of it. Let me tell you something about that. It took the devil to deceive Eve. It only took the woman to drag Adam into it. Read the scripture. Find out what it says. My granddaughter, it was a couple of weeks ago now, she wanted me to clean up the backyard so she could play out there. I have some little dogs. And I I wasn't too in tune with this. Oh, would you clean it up? Clean it up, Grandpa. Clean it up. Clean it up. And finally, she come running up, would you please clean up the backyard? So she's just batting her, she's, what, three, four years old. She's learned to bat her eyes and to say please to a man. It just works, brother. I got up, I grabbed the implements, I cleaned the backyard, and that little girl had me twisted around her finger. Ladies, don't you think we know how you do it? We're not dumb, we're weak, but we're not dumb. When it was all said and done, she had partaken of the forbidden fruit. People want to call it an apple, you call it what you want. And then she gave it to Adam and he ate also the Lord showed up in the cool of the afternoon like he was accustomed to to talk with him but they hid themselves for the first time in their life they felt guilty they had never felt guilt inferiority they had never felt depressed they had never been sick they were not subject to aging they were perfectly healthy in a body that would have lived forever all of a sudden they wanted to hide when they heard their father where are you he knew when, when God asks a question, he's not looking for the answer. He's looking for a confession. He knows everything. What are you doing? He knows what you're doing. Where are you going? He knows where you're going, what you're thinking. In fact, he knows how many hairs you left in your brush this morning. 
And every thought you've been thinking while I've been up here trying to express the words, all of you still, on the subject of 31. He knows everything. He said, because you've eaten of the fruit of the tree that I told you not to eat, cursed is the ground for your sake. Thorns and thistles will it bear. By the sweat of your brow will you now make your living. And then he turns to Eve and he says, you will have great travail in childbirth. And your desire will be unto your husband. In other words, he's going to take the role of leadership. And so the curse was set. God brought a curse on planet earth. There's a curse on the earth out there right now. You go and you'll, you'll go to a, a, a hardware store and you'll have to buy pesticides. You'll have to buy herbicides. You'll have to buy fertilizer to make the ground bear what it used to just want to bear. The tomatoes would just come to fruition and pop out on the plant. And the squash would grow in abundance. Not, not only did everything grow big in Texas, everything grew big throughout that entire garden. And now when Eve would bear children, it would come with great travail. How many women know anything about the travail of bearing a child? How many of you out there? I've been told it's something like this, and I've been there for four of them. Men, if you could just grab your upper lip and pinch it as hard as you could pinch it and then pull it over the top of your head. <laughs> You're kind of approaching. You're kind of getting there. You understand. So there is a curse that God has brought upon planet earth and you just have to deal with it. You have to deal with the aging process. I didn't always look like this. Hello? Now when I look in the mirror, I know God has a sense of humor. Everything that was north is now traveling south at a sure and a steady pace. God has just designed it that way. But there is an answer to the curse that's on planet earth. I may always have to go out in the garden and weed the garden and fertilize a garden and till it and, and uh, uh, do all of the special things that you have to do to get it to bear. But there's one thing that is for sure, whether it is by the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ or when you plant my body in the ground, Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, going to lift the curse that's on planet earth one day when he reaps each and every one of us out of the ground and we fly to heaven to be with him and so shall we ever be. Can you give him praise and glory this morning? There's a curse that comes out of your own mouth. Jacob had two wives. If you know the story of Jacob obtaining his two wives, and you know that he was a troubled man. For quite some time, Jacob was a liar. 
deceiver. You study the book, you know. He worked, I believe it was, and you can correct me here, seven years, and he obtained what he thought was the wrong woman, Leah. But Leah bore him many children. I believe Leah bore ten and more women children. Rachel was the one he was after, and it took 14 years to get Rachel. Rachel ended up bearing two men children. But as he was leaving his father-in-law, Rachel stole some gods, idols, from her father and hid them. You have to read the whole story to understand how she pulled it off. But she was sly enough to do it, and she pulled it off. And here comes her father and says, wants to know where her, his idols are. Who stole my golden idols? And of course, Jacob doesn't know anything about it. He really didn't. She didn't share that with him. And he says out of his mouth, Whoever you find those idols with, let him die the death. Well, by chicanery, she was able to get away with it. But seven years later, in the prime of her life, she died giving birth to Benjamin. Out of the mouth, out of the mouth comes blessing and cursing. Out of the mouth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But there's Christians today that think that there are occasions when it's all right to tell a white lie. As far as I know today, my wife and I are the only ones that can tell one of those. Unless your last name happens to be white. Doesn't matter if the lie is white. Doesn't matter if the lie is black. A lie is a lie. If you'll lie to the IRS, you will find occasion to lie to me. If you lie at any time, you will find an occasion to lie about something important. Rachel lied, did not tell the truth to her husband, and lied to her father, and it cost her her life. Because a curse went along with it. And yet today we call ourselves Christians and sometimes we don't always tell the truth. Call in sick and then you go golfing. Your wife walks in the room and you rapidly change stations on your computer you minimize it and find something else because there was something objectionable on there and you didn't want your wife to catch you doing it men aren't always to blame mothers today will tell their children you don't have to tell daddy everything And we teach our children that it's okay to lie if it's really, really important. There's a curse that goes along with that. If you call yourselves Christians, what you're doing is you are saying that God is a liar. Some of you are giving me some really strange looks. 
Because you say, I'm a Christian. I am Christ-like. This is how Jesus conducts himself. This is what Jesus says. And yet there are some things that we just don't want to tell mommy and just don't want to tell daddy. They just really don't have to know about this little purchase we made. There's a curse that goes with it. But there's an answer to that curse. You need to be real with yourself. Do you want to be kind of a Christian? A Sunday Christian? A look like a Christian? Or do you really want to be a Christian? There was a a lady in the church that gave me a book. And part of the whole premise of the book was WWD. WWJD, what would Jesus do? You think about that. What would Jesus do? I think any time that we knowingly do something that Jesus would not do, we're just bringing that right back upon us. We're bringing back upon us a curse. We're trying to live in the old carnal nature and trying to claim a spiritual nature at the same time. One of the reasons that the church does not weigh 16 ounces to the pound is that we're not conducting our lives according to the Word of God and living like Jesus Christ tells the truth all the time. Can you give God praise and glory in His house today? I long to see miracles back in the church on a regular basis. I long to see the altars filled with people who are seeking God. I long to see us get up and not wait for three songs before we get revved up enough to really worship God. But when you come in his house, you lift your hands and you praise him. We got people that will get upside down if you just ask them to do something. Because that's not their ministry. I have spent my entire ministry at times doing things that I was not called to do. I was not called to be a young people's minister. But I did it because that position was open and I wanted to serve God with all of my heart. If you have this kind of mentality, you will play spiritual pinball the rest of your life, going from church to church to church, trying to find the perfect place where the blessings fall down on you and no one asks you to do a thing. Oh, you long to have the pastor back, don't you? You don't have to like me. How many want blessings? Blessings involve just being real with yourself and real with God. It involves just worshiping. Here's another way to bring a curse or a blessing. When your children, you're bringing them up. And maybe they do something that is very disappointing. And you tell them. You'll never amount to anything. 
you're just like your father. You defamed the other half of the marriage. You told them that they will never measure up. Why, you're stupid. How can't you not get this calculus equation? I can barely say it. But if you tell your children they're stupid, they'll believe it and they'll start living up to your expectations. What does Jewish families do? Every Friday the father sets his children down and he goes from child to child with his hands on their head and pronouncing blessing into their life that God would pour his anointing upon them. The next time you're at a doctor's office, it will probably be a Jew who ministers to you. Lawyers and doctors and those who are educated and have God's blessing upon them, they rise to the occasion and give God glory with their lives. There's another generational curse that is going on in the United States of America. And it's the generational curse of perpetual welfare. I know that sometimes people have to. And if you have to, you have to. And use it. But if it's going from one generation to the next, to the next, to the next, there's a disconnect there. There is something wrong. Because we, as a people of God, are to set the standard for the Christian world today that you work, that you earn a wage. Somebody say amen. I'm just drawn to you today, brother. This message may be going all over the place. And since I'm not the pastor, I'm going to drive this one home. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But she say, wherein have we robbed thee? Malachi chapter 3 verses 8 and 9. In tithe and offering. Here's what God says through the prophet Malachi, ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now wherewith, saith the Lord, if ye will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be enough room to receive it. You say, I can't afford to pay tithes. I cannot afford not to pay tithes. I can live on the nine-tenths that God gives me with his abundant blessing far better than I can on ten whole tenths that God cannot bless because there's a curse on my finances. 
You want blessing on your finances? You want money left over when all the bills have been paid? Put God at the top and see God's abundant blessing in your life. Give the God, Lord, praise this morning. When you don't put the Lord first, it's like having holes in your pockets. You know what? Somebody had the audacity to tell my wife several years ago. We were thinking about selling our home. And this real estate agent said, people don't pay houses off anymore. People don't pay houses off. That's a funny thing. Mine will be paid off in a few years. I guess I'm not a people. It's not because I earn so much money. It's because I've put the Lord first and have been wise with the nine-tenths He has given me. I believe I owe less on that vehicle out there than I do on my house. I'm soon to retire, and I fully believe that when I retire, I'll be able to eat all I want to eat and sit in my paid-for house and ride in a car that I can't afford all because God wants to bless you. The Father in heaven wants to bless you. He wants to abundantly bless you. All we need to do is line up according to his word and let the abundant blessings of God fall on us. So we can curse by the words that come out of our mouth. We can curse our finances or our finances can be blessed. We can look in the word of God and see that God has cursed the earth. But there is coming a reversal of that curse. Even when Jesus Christ returns to planet earth and he sits on the throne in Jerusalem and the desert begins to blossom and the Dead Sea comes back to life and fishermen are mending their nets even on the Dead Sea and the lion's going to lay down with a lamb and a child will be able to play with a snake. You talk about a reversal. It's all wrapped up in the blood of Jesus Christ and allowing him to be Lord and master of your life. Give the Lord praise one more time in his house this morning. Just one more. Just one more thing I want to touch on before we close if you really want to bring a curse on your life if you're if you're interested in that let me tell you how to do it the quickest way this this is a surefire way to bring God's curse on your life speak ill of the Jewish people Let racial slurs come out of your mouth that are directed and are anti-Semitic. A boatload of God's curse will fall on your life. God 
has blessed the entire earth through the Jewish people. In fact, if you didn't know this, Jesus Christ was a Jew. His last name is not Christ. It would have been Rabinowitz or Goldstein. But it was not Christ. He is Jewish. Somebody say amen. And he chose the Jewish people to evangelize the world. Nearly all of the Bible, save maybe one or two books, were written by Jews. And yet people today claiming to be Christians will speak ill of the Jews and bring God's abundant curse upon them. Are you interested in God's blessing? Would you stand with me today? I'll tell you what God has to say about blessing. In Numbers chapter 6, verse 23, the Lord speaks and says, Speak unto Aaron and unto his sons, saying, On this wise ye shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord bless thee, and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee, and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee, and give thee peace. Are you interested in the face of God smiling upon you today? Then be real with everything that comes out of your mouth. My wife keeps no secrets from me, and I keep no secrets from her. Men, here's a key to 40 years of faithful marriage. If somebody makes a pass at you, when you go home, you tell your wife about it that night. She's not going to be happy, but she won't be mad at you. Wives, it's the same way. One time my wife pulled into a gas station, had a carload of kids, we had four, and three boys who were just coming of age and had plenty of hormones. Somebody ogled my wife and one of my boys caught sight of it, and it infuriated them that somebody would do that to their mama. Keep no secrets. Tell the truth. Be upfront with everyone. In all of your business dealings, be upfront. You sell a car, disclose everything. If second gear doesn't work, tell them about it before they get in there. If the brakes hadn't been done in 30,000 miles, tell them it needs brakes. I bought a truck one time from a Christian man. The next day, I took it to have it smogged. And right there in the smog station stall, it started pumping transmission fluid out on the floor. And I could tell that this was a known problem. 
May the Lord abundantly bless that man. And I'm sure he did. Tell the truth. Speak nothing but the truth. Speak blessing upon your children. Even the ones that are the honoriest. Pray for them. Put your hands upon them. Speak power and anointing into their lives. Here's what happened to me. And, I'm, and I'm, I promise I'm closing. I, I'm going to keep my word. This is it. The final doodad. One of my children who was the most, one of the honoriest kids I have ever been around in my life. And I've been around a lot. This child was difficult. Difficult. After one episode, when he was sassing his mother and, and just rebelling, I prayed with him. And I genuinely believe that at the time he meant, and, and he, he was really seeking the Lord's forgiveness and ours. And out of my mouth, when I laid hands upon him, out of my mouth come words that I had not conjured in my heart. That the Lord had called this particular one to preach the word of God. And that the anointing would be upon them. And after it came out of my mouth, Brother Jeff, I wondered at my sanity. (laughs) Did that just, did I say that out loud? And it came to pass. And it came to pass. Brother... God's judgment may not fall on you this very minute. If you want to tell lies, you may get away with it for a while. But judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. God is forgiving. God is love and all these things. But not all dogs go to heaven. And not everybody that claims to be a Christian is going to heaven either. You're not going to be perfect and make heaven. There's nobody here that is perfect. But you know right from wrong. And you know when a lie is coming out of your mouth. Don't tell me the devil made me do it. You told a lie just because it was convenient and it would get you out of trouble and you wanted a day off. If you want to call in sick, tell your boss, I'm not sick, but I got plenty of sick leave. Can I stay home? You can do that. I can do that with my boss. He knows I don't lie. Would you bow your heads? Heavenly Father, we thank you and we give you praise today. We honor you, Lord God. Father, we are interested in your blessings. I don't want judgment. I don't want what's coming to me, Lord. I want mercy. I'm not interested in justice. I'm interested in mercy this morning. God, align my thinking with your thinking. Align my heart with your heart. Father, if I have brought a curse upon my family, Lord, I confess it. If there's someone here today that their parents told them they're no good, that they'll never amount to anything, and you think you're living up to that expectation, there is liberty for you today. You can break that generational curse through the blood of Jesus Christ. You don't have to tell lies anymore. You can break that in your heart and begin to tell the truth as the Holy Spirit will prompt you to tell the truth. While every head is bowed and every eye closed, is there someone here today, just in your heart, would you just signify 
I need your help, Father. I don't want a curse on my life. I didn't realize I could drag this luggage around all of my life and never identify it. Didn't realize why I was always depressed. Living up to somebody's expectation that I'll never amount to anything. Didn't realize that it wasn't all right to tell the occasional white lie. Didn't realize God actually expected me to always tell the truth. Father, if your son is the truth, I want to align with the truth and not with the father of lies, but with the father of salvation. We ask these things, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. I'm going to ask as many as would this morning. I know why I preached this sermon. I know that there are many people here today that it touched home with. Whether you're robbing God, whether you're not telling the truth, whether you're suffering with depression and not able to seemingly break through, whether you've been told that there's no use going to school, you'll never amount to anything, whatever cloud you may be living under, you can be free from that cloud today through the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you grab the hand of your neighbor? Would you come down here? And the hand you grab may be the very one that needs it the most. Would you come and bring yourself to an altar of mercy? Just stand before the Lord with me today. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let blessing fall on you. And may the curse be broken. Would you come?